Well, it's the dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. Um, All right, then. The Bulls podcast begins now. We haven't been talking for 10 minutes and drinking at all. No, we we didn't have a pre-production meeting. For once, it's not on the podcast. I'm Doc Eastbezo. Well, since Adam's the only one not here, we just have to assume that he was the one that got suspended indefinitely. Yeah, Yeah, he's been suspended indefinitely by his underpants, which is probably quite painful. Um, how's how's Adam Silver entering entering his David Stern era? He's suddenly oh got his big boy pants on. He's out here suspending people indefinitely and, and declaring just, his love for Henry Kissinger. He's just yeah. I was yeah. going to say he's just he's just channeling his hero Henry Kissinger. What yes. a weird weird fucking month for. Well, like- well, you alluded to it last week, but the weirdest thing about the fact that he went off on this this soliloquy about Henry Kissinger was that it was on the fucking Pat McAfee show, who's an yeah. NFL punter. His audience wouldn't know Henry Kissinger from fucking Henry Lawson. I know they don't even know who Henry Lawson is over there. They were known from John Henry. It's Bizarre. just these people couldn't find their ass with a map, let alone be able to find Cambodia. The furthest overseas they've ever been has been on one of fucking Mickey Arison's cruise boats. This is not the audience to go into geopolitics with. Just madness. And, like, has had a massive win, right? The in-season tournament. Yeah. You, like... I really enjoyed Zach Lowe going off at the people going, oh, the Lakers are hanging a banner. Fucking oath hang a banner, man. S- just smash some champagne. That was a win. It's a tournament. You won a yes. tournament. They're not going <laughs> to win anything else. Like, it was ex- it's exactly, it's a cup run. It's exactly yeah. what, like, you know, it's like fucking 90s Liverpool teams that would never have their shit together to beat Man United in the league, but could certainly yeah. get it together enough to win a cup. I was actually sort of, you know, because like post-Christmas is when the NBA sort of really kicks off. And I was like, man, the, the Nuggets, the Nuggets just don't, I know they've had some health problems and, you know, but they just, they're not as dominant as I expected. And then- 17 I, and 9. I, I can't remember who it was, but someone t- tweeted out today their strength of schedule. They've had the the worst uh, schedule out of any team in the NBA and are just about to- And their last 30 games are just absolute cakewalk, Patsy. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, there's a reason for that. What um, division are Denver in? Uh, the, I'll, I'll answer it for you, the Northwest. Who's also in the Northwest? Yeah. Oklahoma City, who are above them. Minnesota, yeah. who are above them. There are a lot yeah. of really good- The three best teams are in the same conference, so no, no, any, but the- anytime you play each other, it's going to be a shit fight. But no, they've had more back-to-backs. More, they've travelled more miles than any other team in the NBA. Like, they've had that- um, Like, that, the hard part of their schedule is over, essentially, you know. That they've done all their their shitty bits, a little bit like what the, you know the Spurs used to go on that rodeo tour, where yeah. it was like we don't we don't go home for twenty games. Yeah, and also um, you know playing in Denver is really hard. Imagine having to play there all the time. Yeah, that's right. But uh, and that sort <laughs> no, of no, it's not. That's they live there. Like, they have the good advantage. That's the point. But that's but that's what I mean. Like because they've got all these home games coming, they're going to 
the, like their homestand is going to be more beneficial than say a Warriors homestand at the moment, or Man, there's you know, nothing a clip, that can a clip, help the Warriors at the moment because they a are Clippers homestand. Clippers are all right. <laughs> Clippers are what friggin. Seven and three in their last ten, they go. They've 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 finally figured their shit out. In fact, do, they they beat the Warriors this afternoon. So, fucking. Do you reckon Kerr just like walks away this year and goes, "Oh yeah, no, it was all my fault. Good luck for the next five years, motherfuckers." This is the end. Fucking, I don't want to bring out the napalm and the helicopters and fucking Jim Morrison, but this is the end, my friend. The only, this is the end of this. It's it's fucking done. Dre is going out. Like some kind of demented John Woo hero, Clay is just going out washed and demanding more money, even though he is he's washed. It's gonna, it, yeah. It's tough. This this is why Bob Myers fucked off. He does not want to be part. He can see all this happening. He did not want to be part of it, and I do not blame him at all. Yeah, well, St- Steve, like, was talking to Pat about this this week. Like, Steve Kerr could just go and be like he could be the in-season tournament color commentator, right? You know, when Apple buy the in-season tournament and they're looking for a, for a commentating crew and he could he could do two months of work a year, probably get paid pretty much the same as what he's getting paid by the Warriors More. and not have to deal with Draymond's shit. He he was a commentator. He was good, as far as I recall. It was a long yeah, time ago. He was really good, yeah. He's probably better than Bob Myers, and Bob Myers is decent. Yeah, he's going to be fine. And, and he's also got the advantage of having been at all levels apart from owner. You know, he's played, he's been a coach, and he's been a GM. Yeah. I'll be fascinated to see what Steph does because he's probably got five years of being like a really effective NBA player, and he's just got no one this year. Like, his second best player – refuses to behave like a normal human being and stay on the floor. Like, And if he's your second best player, he's fucked. Yeah, that's right. Like, for all, for all that we sort of laugh at AD, AD's a much better second banana than than Draymond is. And Draymond's easily the second best player on that team. Well, yeah. What was it 41 and 20 in a game that doesn't count for stats? The final of the in-season <laughs> tournament, which is a very, which is a very AD thing. Isn't to it? Do. Isn't what to, to get the greatest his greatest <laughs> game in in fucking like his history in a game that doesn't actually exist. So you know what? What does he do? Do they suck for a couple? Of, like that's the thing. They haven't drafted very well. It's not like no. Suck. All of this, you could pin all of this back on the twenty twenty draft going for Wiseman. Moody and fucking Kaminga. I mean, that wasn't the same draft. Kaminga is probably the best of those. But yeah. I mean, Wiseman isn't even on the roster, and Moody is very rarely on the on the start sheet. Um, Wiseman might not be in the league next year. No, he, he's he's hitting he's hitting the way of, of quite a few dudes like that. He he could be playing for the Sydney Kings. I think he might struggle. You say he for- couldn't cut it as a wise man. Uh, he he might struggle to play for the Sydney Kings. Actually, to be honest, if he can't get well, if he can't get a run right, they, for the they don't Pistons, pay their fucking bills. So it's you know yeah. playing for the Sydney Kings is fairly fairly average anyway. Uh, like th- this is all nice, but shall we talk about the topic we really want to talk about, which is the resurgence of Dante Exum as a. We absolutely can. Dante's Infernum. Exum Planet Dust. All the fucking cliches. Dante comes out. He hit like seven. Was it seven or eight threes in that game? It was like seven from yeah, nine. seven from nine, I think he scored, yeah. It was yeah. disgusting. Driving the Dallas Mavericks to an enormous win, which they immediately followed up with, with a loss to Minnesota. But anyway, let's not talk about that. Dante Exum well, in the starting lineup has, has been massively – positively contributory and it's been glorious to see him come back 
and do cool shit. And that's <laughs> those are all my feelings about it. And they're all feelings. None of it's backed up by stats. It's just feelings. It, it was a. Uh- it was an interesting couple of days for, like, we had a lot of sorting out games, right? You know, the Cavs don't seem quite on the level that they need to be. Like, it, it no. seems like they're not they're not quite there, right? You know, yeah, they're if the last able- team in the East above five hundred, and they're in the nine seed. Yeah, but after um, them, the ass drops out of the East. It's like Toronto at ten and fourteen. They're currently thirteen and twelve. Like the the Timberwolves and the Kings beating other teams that were in the top half of the West, and even the mm. even the Clippers. Like what are the, what are the Clippers on? Are like big a, win for a, the Kings today, but yeah, the, the Clippers have had a Clippers have got five in a row, and Houston's had four yeah. in a row. Sacramento have got one in a row, which for them is general. Back in the day, was a massive achievement. Um, but yeah, big win for them today against against your Thunder. <laughs> um, but like. These these games, these little sorting out games, you know, who who can actually bring it? Like the the fact that the Timberwolves seem to be have to be taken seriously as a contender simply because when they need to, they can turn the screws on a team like yeah. the Mavericks. You know, like yeah. that, that was, I mean, there was that, that inexplicable loss uh, earlier in the week where they just didn't even look like they'd turned up, but then they today they took on a solid contender in the Mavericks and just dealt with them, and that was the end of that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. At 18-5, and five, which is the equal best record in the league along with Boston, how can you not take them fucking seriously? Yeah. 8-2 and two in their last 10, which is the best record, the best record well, anywhere, <laughs> equal with Orlando. <laughs> them, them and the Magic. Them and the Magic, which is They're like- fucking oh, Jamal Mosley stand the fuck up. Yeah, that's just- that's just- like ever, I think they're a team. Like I think the Thunder and the Timberwolves and the Magic are, are all similar in that we're all just waiting for the bubble to burst a little bit, and it's yeah, not but it's not going to really. burst for all of them. Like it, it might burst for one or two of them, but I don't think they're all going to die in the ass. Mm. I think Minnesota might be real. I think if I had to rank them in terms of more likely to die in the ass, I'd probably have Orlando first, OKC second, and Minnesota third. But the the margins are fucking thin there. And it is glorious to see these teams. Isn't it great to see um, young teams have their breakthrough? And we've got three of them at once. It's just magnificent. Well, four, four if you count the paces. Four if you count the paces. Although uh, Milwaukee might have ended that. You're talking about sorting out games. Um, I think <laughs> Milwaukee sorted out a lot of family business today when they played the paces and beat them by, well, yesterday and beat them by twenty at, to the point where Indiana tried to steal the ball and ran away with it. And uh, even then, the Bucks said, "Nah, that's our ball. Give us, give us the fucking ball back." And and there was there was much rejoicing. I I find it really weird that guys that earn millions of dollars a year are like you know pushing past security guards with coaches trying to drag them back to get. A ball? <laughs> yeah, but you know that fucking- Don't you love an unwritten rule? And also, oh, as far yeah. as I understand it, the balls belong to the home team. You know, they provide them. So basically, yes. Indiana stole fucking Milwaukee's equipment because they lost by 20, <laughs> which is petty as shit. And also that- extremely Rick Carlisle. Yes, very, very Rick Carlisle. Uh, like Carlisle and, and Halliburton, you, you know, definitely spirit animals. I yeah. think there's a yeah. there's a degree of joy to Halliburton, but there's also a large streak of pettiness to yes. him. Yes, and and I think Dame brought that up. He's like, you know, you know, I, I, I can't complain about him doing the Dame time celebration, but you know, I would I would recommend that he that he stay humble 
And uh, yeah. today was the day where the debts were, re- were revisited, I think. And what I love about it is these guys are definitely going to see each other again. And this is, it's glorious to see a fucking uh, a rivalry erupt out of nothing, absolutely nothing. And now it's a blood feud and they are definitely going to see each other again. And that's, that's another little. Um unforeseen consequence of the in-season tournament right is mm. if you have if you have games in the middle of the season that have consequence then you get these little ripple effects throughout the season so you end up building these mini rivalries in that you know the the bucks and the paces play each other in a semi-final but then they've got two two three three more games after that semi-final to, you know, to get revenge within yeah. a season. You're not waiting for a whole another season to start, you know. The, the the narrative sort of ripples forward as well as, you know, the immediate effect of, of that game. And uh, then they're an extremely good chance of meeting each other in the uh, in the conference semi-final the way that the, the bracketing is currently laid out. So, yeah. this is um, – this will run and run. And you can also – I mean, narratives that are formed because some of these games are more important like, no one would really give a fuck that Zion is overweight and not caring that much, except for the fact that he did it on a yeah, public it, stage it, it, in a, in a yeah. semi-final of a competition we invented three weeks ago. <laughs> but the amount of narrative that has been developed about this as a result has been um, overwhelming. The, I have definitely coached players like this, right? And the fact that he went for 30 You've podcasted meeting- with people like this. In a, <laughs> meaning- in a meaningless game two games later when it's like, yeah, but dude, we really needed you to show up in that game that actually meant something. You Arguably, know? it's no more or less meaningless because I mean they all, they all count for one win in the regular season, and he can claim I'm um, you know, MJ style. I don't care about this fucking. Well, uh, actually, and- I'll just hold that point because this fucking the people who believe in the in the Mock Jordan mythology are like MJ wouldn't have cared about this mid season tournament oh, bullshit. Yeah. That's and just absolute like, bullshit, man. MJ <laughs> will bet. $20,000 on one golf shot. He is a, com- a hyper-competitive asshole. He absolutely would have tried to win this fucking tournament. A, a tournament that ends in two games in Vegas? Yes. And he wouldn't have been interested in winning? Are you kidding His me? His problem would have he, been turning up to the, to the final because he, he would have he gone would've... full Zion. Not at the buffet, just at the fucking sports bet. He would have been on a four-day bender, right? He wouldn't have yeah. slept for four days and he would have gone- I played two games, won the in-season tournament, and gambled on the tables for the rest of the time that I was awake for the four days I was at Vegas. Yeah. Like people claiming and, that, and worse have- still, if it happened to be that the late nineties Bulls, you would have had Dennis Rodman there doing even worse shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, the MJ mythology is out of control from people. Just The version of MJ that exists in these people's brains, if that existed, he would, would definitely would have been the greatest of all time. The 9-10 spot stopping people blowing teams up. I was looking at the – I was looking, thinking about trade season, right? And in you've the, got, the 9-10 have got, have got a very, very slim chance of making – Making yeah, like if, if you if you're in the night, like if you think you're going to finish nine and tenths, it's like, well, I can't blow it up. You know, we we might win the playing game and go on a run. Is this but, you? Is this your copium because Phoenix are currently in the ten? Or yeah, no, I was I was actually looking at the East, and you've got like the Cavs, the Raptors, the Hawks, and the Bulls. All to, should to really be fair, Phoenix probably- is at least thirteen and eleven, which is a lot more than Toronto's ten and fourteen. Yeah. I- uh, the, the Raptors just continue to baffle me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck's going on there. Like they're going to lose both of those guys for nothing if they don't trade them. 
yeah. surely, like they're sleepwalking. Gonna, they're just sleepwalking into oblivion. <sighs> Unless they are, what? I mean, they're going to pivot. Presumably, I mean, December fifteen American time is just after we record this podcast. That's the point at which you can start trading people you've signed. That's the point at which the, the media trade season really kicks off, and it yeah. runs until until. February, isn't it? February the something, 8th? Something I like think that. there's two sort of two important dates. There's one, December 15. I think January 15 is the same. There's a whole uh, another wave yeah. of contracts that become eligible for trade. Yeah. But, like, the, the Cavs are the same, right? Do we really believe that Mitchell's going to stay? Like, no one seems well, to. That's run its course real quick, hasn't it? It really has. So, like, if you're a smart GM and you're in ninth and you don't really feel like you're a top four team in the East – then you got to get something for him now, right? You, you, you're not – or, like, I, I can't remember who said that this week, or you've got to overpay him. You've got to pay 120% on the dollar. And, man, that that would make me super nervous. That just locks you in for a long period of being a six seed. Yeah, but what, um, if, what if you happen to be Dan Gilbert? A, a man who made a lot of money gambling on, on shitty mortgages, and B, yeah. a complete asshole who is desperate to make Cleveland relevant. I mean, they're going to pay him because otherwise they'll lose him to New York and you know Dan Gilbert doesn't want to lose any arguments about money to fucking James Dolan. But that but it, that just doesn't – Brunson and Donovan, like you you have proof of, proof of concept that that's not going to work, right, because you're just replicating Garland and Mitchell in a different place. But uh, why would that matter to New York? Uh, they've sort of done half – Decent job at being a front office the last couple of years, I guess. Yeah. To- is my only argument there. And I suppose you can also add in the fact that James Dolan has retreated from his NBA roles. He's re- he's quit the Board of Governors, like the, there's like a overarching, like a group of the owners who sit and help. And, and he, he's basically he's chucking his toys because nobody listens to him because he's a bell end uh, and kind of retreated from it. And that can only be good for the Knicks because the less involved fucking James Dolan is, the better the basketball team will be. Yeah. Hey, what did you think of the, the story of the Wizards moving to Virginia? Yeah, well, Virginia is is like fifteen minutes away. I mean, the okay the the District of Columbia is is like Canberra to Queenbean. You know, it's essentially okay. like they'd be moving. You'd be moving the Raiders to Queenbean, which is probably so, more in their demographic. <laughs> so is that a is that a um is that like a uh, like a tax dodge uh, looking for a different dodge, state population to- stadium deal? Basically, it's two things. It's the other state is more likely to tip in cash, yeah. and there are more white people there. And it, it, <laughs> it's pretty much why you know Atlanta Atlanta's baseball team moved from the the inner city out to the the fucking suburbs to the suburbs yeah. because they figured more of it more of our people our people quote unquote. And to be honest, it's more about for 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 the Wizards, it's more about the fact that they want a new stadium and the DC isn't a state, so they don't have access to as much, you know, tax breaks and stuff. But they talk right. about that whole area as the DMV. Um yeah. It was Maryland and Virginia. Essentially, it's all the states that surround DC, and that's where everybody who lives and works in DC actually lives. lives. Yeah, yeah, right. So yep. it's not like um, like Dave Grohl's dad was a fucking Beltway dude. He, he worked in DC. They lived in Virginia. Wrote a song on an album a few years ago about Alandria, which is the town he grew up in in, in Virginia, which is just outside of DC. Well, 
The other one that I thought was semi-responsible and actually pretty smart was the way OKC um, did their deal with the government, which is the government put it to a referendum and said, look, we can pay for this stadium and it's going to cost you guys this much money per person. Uh, vote yes or no. <laughs> yeah. But they because are our only professional team if you don't count the Oklahoma Sooners university football team, which is essentially yeah. professional now because of the NIL shit. But, like, that's actually pretty smart because then if ever, if you get a yes vote, at like an overwhelming, which I think they did, they got a pretty, pretty overwhelming yes vote, well, you sort of give the local population like you, you're scamming them. You're still scamming yeah, them. I don't. But, but I don't, you're I don't. scamming them. You can't. They can't claim that they weren't warned. No, you know? that's right. It's. But you feel like, oh well, I paid eleven dollars for this team or whatever the tax is yeah. going to be. Like you know, I chipped in. I helped out. Um, it, it does actually help with with getting people to to, to claim ownership of it. Uh, whereas you know, often like with our when they built the um, the big you know the the plastic lunchbox stadium here in Dunedin, that was very fraught with the council, and eventually they chose. They chose to do it, and the budget went over. But it's still going to turn out to be maybe a quarter of what Canterbury are going to pay for the for the new Christchurch study, which is going to be a similar kind of thing. But in the end, you think, "Fuck, that was probably worth it," because it was so long ago that you've forgotten how much money you've actually spent. Yeah. And what I would also say is the Americans love a proposition, don't they? That they'll have the election, but they'll always have these kind of mini yeah. referendums. You know, probably yeah. say no to Prop 37 on, you know, whether people should be allowed to light their own fuck to the traffic lights. You know, there's always <laughs> these slightly obscure fucking things. And then some of them will be like, oh, by the way, we're all, in that proposition, we're also banning abortion. Like, am I, maybe you should have said that up front. That would have been nice. But, like, you think of some of the, like, football and baseball moves that have happened, you know, it, like uh, Oakland's lost two teams recently. Oakland is teamless, uh, essentially. Well, not yeah. quite yet because they haven't they haven't lost the baseball team yet, but the baseball team wants to move to Las Vegas like the football team did. The football team were were transient essentially. They were Oakland, moved to LA. Well in LA in the nineties because, you know, all the all the fucking hip hop dudes were wearing LA Raiders shit, you know. Um, yeah. you wouldn't have seen NWA in wearing anything other than Raiders gear in the nineties. But and then they moved back to Oakland and then they've moved to Las Vegas, and then they've beaten the shit out of the LA Chargers today, and the LA Chargers are the team who moved from San Diego. It's all great. American sports are but, great. It's great. But rather than have all these recriminations and and whatever, you know, oh, you, you know, the local government wouldn't build us build us a stadium. Like this is a really smart way of doing it. Say, well, look. We'll put it to the people. If the people want to keep you here and want to pay the twenty bucks each to do it, then then we'll do it. And then if they say no, then the owners can go. Well, you guys don't want us. We can move, and and no one can really get upset. Well, actually, um, I think the smartest way to do it is what Bourne has done with got to do with the forum and what um, uh, the Rams owner, the LA Rams owner, did with SoFi, which is the big the big football stadium in LA that they've built. It's basically just to fund it themselves, and then they can make all the fucking money off the back end. Yeah, you, but the problem is, you need to be a billionaire in order to, to be a billionaire. I think that that like if I was going to go, like if I had a layover in LA and I could go and watch a game, I think the Clippers Stadium is going to be the place to watch a game because it's designed to be a like a basketball experience, not a certainly. You know, not- although, 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 what is now 
what is now, what do they call it now? The crypto, the fucking whatever it is. Mm, crypto.com. Fully staples. That has enough history about it that, that you know, enough, enough fucking history seeping into the wall. Sure. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. D- to be honest, if I was going to see one game in LA, I'd probably go to, to LAFC because they, they've got like a little stadium in Carson City and it's, it's fucking absolutely lit. They, they pull the full pyro. They go full Eastern European style. Fucking. Yeah. It, it's, it's hectic as shit. And it's apparently it's a, it's a good, good time. <laughs> Speaking of, um, crowds that are lit, the, uh, the refs really pushed the ref, ref as celebrity line by throwing, <laughs> throwing at Nikola Jokic. On Serbian night in Chicago. Yeah, the ref, the refs have been doing a bit much. I think you know they just need to chill a little bit. Look, I, I and this is slightly off topic, but Serbian Heritage Night. Would you want to go? <laughs> well, if you are the casting, <laughs> what are we director, celebrating here? If you are the casting director for John Wick Five, you absolutely <laughs> would go to Serbian Night, yes. right? You're just like, here's my card. I need some extras. Here's my card. I mean, love to um, all our Serbian listeners, but, you know, I, I grew up in the 90s, man. You guys were not known for good shit. Oh, man. I would love it if we had a Serbian listener. Are we sure yeah, we do? We do- if we don't have a Serbian listener, if you know a Serbian who loves basketball, can you introduce yes. the podcast to them? <laughs> that would be awesome. We, we are also like massively pro Nikola Jokic and massively anti-referees. We're not pro genocide, though. You know, that's generally not not worrying to. There, there's some war crimes like, bad, in my opinion. They, the, the refs have really been feeling themselves this season. It's it's been well, nobody else will. <laughs> that's true. Um. Yeah, that that was that was a real like Adam Silver might have had a a little phone call to you know quiet word in that in that refs here, but I don't know. They seem to be a lure unto themselves. They seem to be their union seems to be like the police union. They are untouchable. But, They'll do what the but, fuck they want. If it, inc- I mean, Scott, Scott Foster still has a job. We have yeah. his phone logs with Tim Donahue. We know what how he, but, but, what his get down is, but that's and he's still got a job out here ruining Chris Paul's fucking life. Although maybe they keep him in the league just to ruin Chris Paul's life, which is fair enough. If you want to look squeaky clean, that's not the way to do it, right? Like if you wanted yeah, to alter a line with all the gambling was- money, it just seems incredibly reckless that they allow the refs to to just fucking. Go off on the mad fucking flute solo, or on their own, and do shit like that. It's it's insane. So, so touch football used to have a uh, like a, a crowbar. <laughs> crowbar, yeah. Touch football used to have a rule where you could send a player to the end of the field, right? So, if you did something like deliberately dirty, like knock a player over from behind or whatever, but but if you back chatted a ref or you did a professional foul or whatever, they'd send you to the end of the field and. It was up to the ref's discretion, right? How long you would stay at the end of the field. So if you swore Adam at a ref, style. or if you if you called a ref a motherfucker like Nikola Jokic did, they could just sit you there for twenty minutes if they wanted. And like refs would get shitty, right, and just sit you for 10, 12, 15 minutes at a time. And it happened in a couple of big games like like this. And and uh, Fit sort of went, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. We're gonna make it. Two sets, so yes. it's a set length of time. So we can sort of take, take out wh- the feeling, the hurt feelings of the fucking yeah. refs because this seems to but be an issue. Let's take the ego out of this a little yes. bit. Yes, um, I, I am in control. I have to listen. Yes, is ah. a bit of that. 
Yeah. So the go back to the IST. They made a big deal about the fact that they got kids to present the trophies. And I thought this is just fucking AFL grand final bullshit. You know? <laughs> Someone is gonna insult the kid or fucking do a line off its head or something. <laughs> but instead the problem was that the kids kept trying to get the autographs off LeBron and, and Adam Silver had to shoo them out of there like they were kind of street ruffians from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> You think maybe they should have talked to the AFL grand final and got more advice about how to run a grand final presentation oh, yeah. that the, involved, the, you know, kids presenting small people children. stuff. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that that might be the only thing that they can get advice that, from the that, AFL. The though. AFL might not be much, but what they are is world leaders in having kids present shit to, to people who won stuff. And yeah. they should have taken the advice. Did they? Did they fucking fuck? Did you see my radical idea to, to uh, shake up test cricket this afternoon? No, because as you may, as listeners may be able to tell by my voice, uh, we had our Christmas drinks. <laughs> you've been you've been drinking all afternoon. I mean, yes, but also it was our Christmas drinks. <laughs> pa- Pakistan have been struggling a little bit, and this is not unusual, right? You get touring teams that come over here, especially Perth. You know, they get a bit excited with the bounce, and they don't yeah. really know what to do. So, we send so my- them there on purpose. It's pretty much we send them to Brisbane or we send you to Perth. Yeah. You get a bit excited. You bowl pies. Australia are none for 120 by lunchtime and pretty much, you know, we can call the three-match, the three-test series there. And unfortunately, so- it means Davey Dum Dum wins. So we'll get back to that. My, my idea was a touring team can pick one local player. Yes, I, I did see this series. idea. Yeah, so, you know- Pakistan gets to pick Maxwell and we get to pick, you know, Ashwin when we go to India and he takes, you know, he bowls Coley three times in four tests. And then, My suggestion and- would be to pick the groundsman. <laughs> the groundsman. Because that seems like the most fucking useful person to have on your side in India. <laughs> you know, how, how much fun would it be to have like Ashwin and Lyon bowling in the last afternoon to India? That that would be fucking hilarious. How much are you going to have to motivate them? I mean, literally, they can't go home. Some cunt's going to burn their house down. In <laughs> That's true. In Australia, but, I mean, but- people will just say, oh, Glenn, you're a knob. In, in India, they will burn his house down. So that's not good. So you will have to that- literally give him a new identity, plastic surgery, and, you know, 10 million in non consecutive bills. So I think you need to think about the logistics of this plan. Maybe, maybe India is an exception. Maybe we can't do it in India. But but also like Australia's like Andy Bickle would have had like a, a, okay a, a, now we understand what this is it's just a way of, <laughs> of trying to get Andy Bickle more games instead of Brett fucking Lee and do you know what I endorse this having been yes. always a Lee over Bickle because of, of state alliances over the years I am massively pro Andy Bickle and uh, and and Brett Lee can go and feed himself to a wood chipper. I saw Andy Bickle. Is he on the Heat stuff? Yeah, I think he is. I thought I saw him him and his massive hooter. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the Heat stuff. So, <laughs> well, that was like. Did you see what? Not um, the Miami Heat for for the record. That was the Brisbane Heat. Did you see uh, Harry Giles? I think has signed with the Miami Heat, and he he had a year off and started a tractor dealership or a delivery <laughs> service or something like. <laughs> Yeah, that it sounds like what happens when you fucking if you're playing like college basketball in some podunk country fucking university, and they some booster gave you a tractor dealership as a fucking incentive. You still had to open sure. the tractor dealership. It was promised from the University of Kentucky or something. I'm pretty sure Jerry Sloan, you know, bought a tractor dealership when when the Jazz finally asked him. Um, Oh, it's just, it's just, tractors sell yeah, well, like, man. That, you know, yeah. I, I see a lot of more tractor dealerships than you, I expect, because you know I have to pass many of like, I, three of them to get to the airport. I have spent 
four days in central Queensland this week, oh, so that Christ. might not necessarily <laughs> be the case this week. How, how can you plow dirt? I mean, that's just dirt. You should be digging it up and selling it to somebody. I, I had a very funny conversation with a butcher that just absolutely fucking let rip on beef week. He's like, mate, all our beef comes from fucking Victoria. This beef, he said, you know, we have this huge fucking festival up here. He's like, none of the, none of the none of the cows we grow grow here makes it into a butcher shop in Rockhampton. It's all fucking from Victoria or from Brisbane. Which, which like, goes to show shit. the casino beef week is the only true beef week, which which is yeah, been so the like, consistent man, policy could, of this podcast for years. I could write a like a deep expose on, you know, the dark side of beef week. It'd be great. Um, I've got a funny feeling the dark side of beef week is probably a lot darker than that. Well, it, it involves people doing unspeakable things to the massive fucking concrete testicles on the ball <laughs> in Rockhampton. Um, uh, oh, okay. We're so, a sports podcast. Why are we here? So, so we talk about the the dislike power rankings of Australian test batsmen. So you, you obviously hold Warner above Clark in your dislike rankings. Oh, for, for sure. Because, I mean, as Adam said, he presided over the literal worst moment in the- Let's say the recent history it, because we can't say is that- Is it really? Can you name a worse one that isn't, that isn't Mark, the underarm? Mark Warren, Shane Shane Warren betting on Australian games? Didn't certainly do that. Sure, but they didn't sell much, sell info to bookies. Yeah, who cares? I, I think I think that the, the Mark Warren thing is way worse than Sandpaper Gate. Heaps worse. I don't give a- It didn't affect the contest on the, on the fucking field. So yeah, but talking to but also, taking money also, from John the bookie and Salim Malik, um, it wasn't as bad as the stuff that Hansi Cronier and Salim Malik and Azarajin sure. and all these people got cooked for. So we haven't had one of them, and I think we should be extremely grateful and also extremely yeah. distrustful <laughs> of the fact that we haven't had one of them. Even though I, d- I don't like Mark War and I didn't like Shane Warne. I'm not going to claim that what they did was was worse than Greg and Trevor Chapel. Like that is that was dirty and shitty and unnecessary. Unnecessary is the biggest thing about the other. Well, it, it was it, totally unnecessary. No one was going to hit a six. It's the fucking MCG. It's a hundred meters to the nearest fence. Just bowl it, some garbage. You'll be fine. Except when you read the backstory about that, that that's actually an industrial relations story. Oh, well, of- it's also a, ment- a mental health story because I-, I read Chapel's book of, of, yeah, of that of, year. Of, of guys ground down. Like, it, like he admits that he made a bad choice because he was just basically mentally cooked. Yes. From- from yeah. a whole heap of stuff with the board and and the schedule and and the next the next captain after him quit in tears because of the same kinds of things. So it, yeah, basically, it had a mental health break. Wasn't a good gig to have at that stage. It t- it took Alan Border to try and you know someone of that mental strength to try and dig them out. But those like but that's not it. worse than bull tampering. I think we've agreed when we talked about those books. Bull tampering itself isn't that bad. No. Doing it so embarrassingly poorly and covering it up embarrassingly poorly, that is inexcusable. That should have you deported to Christmas Island. And probably the, you know, the defiance and like- That's, the- that's actually more the thing, jokes aside. It's the fact that Warner, apart from the tears, he seems to have gotten out of this scot-free. Cameron Bancroft hasn't played for Australia since. Yeah. And maybe maybe he's the one who gets the, the chance when- when Warner goes, but I just I don't want to, think so. I just want, want Warner to fuck off. I've had enough. I, I'm not. I don't want to celebrate him. I didn't like him. I didn't enjoy celebrating him before. So I just want him to go away. I just can't wait 
for the Sydney test and he can just go and we don't have to think about that prick ever again until he turns up on Fox's coverage. Well, like Pat, Pat and I were talking about that this week and Ponning sort of reinforced it is you actually have a couple of big tours coming up and wouldn't it be smart? Like we didn't even give Healy one game in Brisbane at the end of his career. It's like, no, fuck off, mate. We need to give Gilchrist some reps. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I don't understand the fucking- the, No. If it wasn't Pakistan, I don't think you- And I think Mitch Johnson alluded to this. The thing is, though, that, that Mitch Johnson is slightly compromised because that's all part of that WA Mafia thing and they are still upset about the idea that Warner got JL boned. So most of what of that came from that, not from anything actual real. He, he, they weren't attacking Warner because he legitimately should be attacked. It's because the WA people have their feelings hurt. <laughs> JL got JL boned. <laughs> JL got jail time, as uh, Dan Lebke and his other half uh, regularly pointed out. But that actually made me rethink the whole, oh, I stand with Mitch Johnson. I'm like, well, actually, no, Mitch Johnson stands with JL. And that's the whole reason this argument is happening. So I was like, I don't like any of these people. Can they all fuck off? But it's suddenly put into Hamas versus Israel. It's like, can you all just stop and fuck off and I don't want to yeah. hear from you anymore? Look, th- there's very few, you know, in heavy inverted commas, the Australian cricket way things that I approve of. But one of them is sledging. The. Lack of sentimentality about people's careers is one thing that I agree with. Like, yeah. if you've got something to to prepare for, then if someone's at the end of their career and it's time for them to go and you don't need them to win the series. that Like, if Pakistan were, like, a, an absolute ball terror and we thought, you know, that it was going to be a real contest and and we needed Warner because of all of his experience. Sure, I could absolutely understand playing him, but we're going to beat these guys 3-0. Yeah. You could you could play- Weather, weather permitting, yeah. The, we wouldn't be doing this if this was India. The only reason- And Warner knows that. That's why he scheduled his departure for then. He's like, I'll depart then. I know I'm washed up now, but I'm going to mm. hang around, and that's where I'm going to leave. If it was India or England, he wouldn't fucking be in the side. Despite yeah. the fact that he scored 150 against a garbage attack. Yeah. For and which he, he, there were at least five times he could have been out for fucking under 50. And when our, when our openers struggle in India or struggle in the ashes because they haven't had the reps and they haven't been integrated, like, fuck, it's just I mean, dumb. To be fair, reps on the whack, on the, on not even the whacker, the fucking Optus Fish Finger Stadium pitch are not going to tell you a hell of a lot. <laughs> It's a fucking drop in, oh. a nasty drop in. You know, it's not going to tell you a lot about how to play well, at the it's, Lords. It's it's a pitch designed to go five days. That's what it is. Yeah, Bangladesh could probably learn a bit about that. Speaking of, have have the Pakistanis lost any wickets yet? Um, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed the World Cup because it was actually nice supporting an Australian team that weren't pricks. Exactly. That were. We're, we're actually trying and we're, like, doing admirable things, but just and the, the flat and the, track bullet. The, their success upset some of the worst people in Australia, and that that's fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah, they haven't lost a wicket. They're none for 43, so maybe it's just a road and it's going to be 487 versus 350. Well, this is what drop-ins used to be. They used to be, like, litter trays. Yeah, just but- rolled litter trays, and, and you would, you know, you could be here all month. But when they, when they went to that new waffle construction that allowed moisture to move between the ground and the pitch, that, that seemed to be ironed out a fair bit, so. Isn't waffle the local football league? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty 
pretty sure that is the local football league. Yeah, that, that's what you do is you well, is you bury you, you bury three ex AFL footballers at the underneath each pitch, and that's what gives it the the base, the oh, bounce, and the movement. Oh, well, as long as we're not going to get into waffle stomping, because that's very different, as near as I can tell. Uh, we're dear. a sports podcast. <laughs> you keep saying that. I'm trying to will it into existence. I figure if I can just kind of aspirationally, you know, try and manifest it, we might end up there. Well, have you got any other sports you want to talk no, about? No, I, I just thought we'd just leave it on the waffle stomach. Yeah, all right, <laughs> the waffle stomach. All right, let's come back and talk some tunes because I actually have some some some, what? some. I love the fact that you say I actually have some opinions, as distinct from most weeks where you have none. I mean, you always have opinions. I always have opinions, but I've thought a little bit deeper about one of the albums this week. Oh, don't do that. One of the albums is actually sort of uh, like uh, uh, I liked it and I had to consider why I liked it. I wasn't quite quite sure, and I think I've got an answer, but I want to run it past you because you're So, it was cheap nonsense, but you you wanted to come up with an intellectual post hoc argument for why it's actually not just because it was cheap shit. All right. We'll talk you, about you love that. shooting. You love shooting me down. So let's let's go to that. Well, all right, Doc. I need a hobby. Um, we'll talk to you about music in a few days, but uh, that's the end of us talking about sport. Um, we'll catch you in a bit, probably the other side of Christmas. But yeah, um, no, there'll be a festive episode somewhere. The episode will probably drop just the other side of Christmas. Our next episode, because um, this is our elaborate way of saying we're not here next week, because we'll both be off drinking beer by some kind of body of water. That's the plan. Brown, probably. Water, in my case. Why are you drinking next to your coffee maker? It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Catch you, dog. Cheers, man.